0: Education. Dr. Robin Whittaker is my guest, human development practitioner. We're talking about uh, lifelong learning. What are you doing to, uh, yeah, to continue to sharpen your curiosity uh, so that you remain relevant in your area of, of influence and perhaps work? And um, Robin joins me now. Robin, thank you so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate your time.
1: Thank you so much, Aubrey. It is such a pleasure to be with you, and particularly to have listened to that last phenomenal segment with um, Anvisa. That is something I would happily continue talking about for the ah, rest of the evening. So you wish? So
0: glad. So glad. Because I think <laughs> it's a conversation that never ends, does it, uh, Robin? I mean, we 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 must constantly be understanding. Ourselves deeper and deeper, shouldn't we?
1: Absolutely, and you know, if you if you really consider what we mean by lifelong learning, and and I'd love to just expand the concept of lifelong learning to the terminology that's increasingly um, present in thinking about human learning, which is lifelong, life wide, and life deep learning. We uh, really we are t- human thriving and how we create conditions for doing what we are built to do, which is to learn and to continue learning and to continue learning while we draw breath. And many of us have have forgotten. So we think of learning as something that we do for only a specific outcome or a, a specific goal, but it really is something that defines our humanity, our capacity to learn, relearn, reshape ourselves and a great part of that is um, is what we were what you were talking about in the last segment, knowing yourself, knowing what matters to you, and um, being excited about developing yourself further.
0: Why is this an important important question now why? Is it important? I've got a few theories that I'm going to throw at you as we have our conversation. But why is it important for us to be a little more urgent, a little more cognizant, less casual about the need for us now to be more curious about who we are and how we can develop ourselves a little bit more now? Well,
1: so clearly, you know, we we are in an era where… Things are changing quite rapidly, and they they have been changing rapidly for a very long time. Um, and we're in a we're in a period of time when the rules that have served us pretty well for maybe two three hundred years around what it takes to survive and um, you know to to make a livelihood uh, seem to be changing quite rapidly. But in itself, our future, our future space is changing. How we engage with our, our future space is changing. The world around us is changing. There's enormous complexity. Um, we really exist in a time of very rapid transitioning and change. And the the ways of learning that we have that have brought us up until this point have kind of become obsolete. So, While we need much of the foundational learning that allows us to learn, so all of the learning that, you know, as they say, until grade grade three or four, you're learning to read, and then after that, you're reading to learn. So that foundational capacity to learn for the sake of learning is still really relevant. But once we have that capacity to learn, We need to be able to consume learning and to consume, um, materials and to upskill ourselves constantly to accommodate the constant shift and change that's happening in the world around us. And, um, I think it's, it's, it's really increasingly becoming critically apparent that the way we've been learning to date and the fact that we are habituated or have have for a long time thought that learning when your formal learning stops is not going to serve us for the future that's, that's staring us down.
0: We're talking upskilling. We're talking about the, the phenomenon of continuous uh, learning. Um, and I'm interested to hear from you on 11 883 What are you doing about it? What areas of your life have you focused on, uh, upskilling, on constantly getting yourself better equipped to react to the, uh, realities of life? But more importantly, what are you doing so that you also happen to life? You know, mm-hmm. Robin, w- one of the things that I, I, I am deeply interested in is the fact that I, I am not no longer interested in things happening to me alone.
2: Mm.
0: I Mm. I want to happen to life. (laughs) I want to Mm. be an impactor. I want to be a a person who is uh, a reason why something positive has happened. Uh, Mm. I always argue that that's probably my claim to immortality. Uh, I might not live forever, but maybe uh, through a good deed, through a a well-spoken word, uh, somebody might change the way that they 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 show up in the world and that might be a legacy that i leave for myself and, uh, and 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 other generations to come have we as humanity seen this kind of turbulence before this kind of rapid change in the way things happen uh, in the transformation of societies value systems the way that we understand reality. Have we ever seen anything like this before?
1: Well, it's very difficult to to assess from the vantage point of where we stand in time when we don't have, um, you know, the access to the experiences that people experienced in history. So um, I think we haven't experienced this level of turbulence and change at this scale and this rate. Um, in centuries, but I I would I would hesitate to say that we have never, as humanity, experienced really momentous change. I think change is part of an adaptive loop, loop cycle, and we as as part of humanity have gone through numerous um, adaptations and um, complete overhauls of the way that the world works and the way that we work within the world. And we've had to adjust, um, and and a lot of that adjustment has entailed record changes to the way that we engage with the world, the way that we understand the world, that we the way that we understand ourselves within the world, and what we need to learn in order to navigate the changes that we are being confronted by. Um, so you know, I think we do have a we do have a. our our habit of saying that never before in the world have we encountered such rapid complexity and such rapid rates of change. And in many regards, yes, that is true because the accelerated rate of change and the exponential growth that is brought about by technology and the rate of, of rapid transition um, certainly is, seems to be the highest that it has ever been in the history of humanity. But I, I, Big to argue that what we are seeing is a rapid rate of change, but actual change itself, um, and momentous change certainly has happened in the history of humankind and the history of this planet. Hmm.
0: That question of rate comes again. Sorry, I've had this conversation before and, and you've just triggered it again. Let's let's leave the philosophy for a moment and let's get into some of the practicalities. What should we be focusing focusing on sharpening in this day and age? What should we be trying to upskill ourselves with? Now, I understand that there's many different things that we can upskill ourselves, but I'm I'm looking for broad terms, broad uh, rule of thumb that we can start thinking about uh, as we think about upskilling, getting ourselves better uh, educated. What should we be looking at? in in broad terms?
1: So I'm going to answer you from a a really personal, again, philosophical standpoint, but I'm going to answer you from what I truly believe, which is that in this day and age, what we need to be thinking about is where we add value. And where we add value comes from understanding what, as each individual, fundamentally matters to us. And so I believe that, you know, this, this question of know thyself and do the inner work and understand what it is that you are passionate about, what it is that you are skilled at, where is the value that you want to add to the world, and then upskill yourself around that. Because what we need from a planetary perspective and from a societal perspective is we need people who are committed to adding value and who are committed to making value happen both for themselves, but particularly for others and for the planet. And so, you know, we can upskill ourselves just thinking about the differentiation between survival and thriving. Mm -hmm. So we can upskill ourselves to try and claw a place for ourselves in terms of, you know, survival. I have to become computer literate in order to survive. So these are obvious things you do, you, you really do need to do that. But, you know, I have to do the things that my boss is telling me to do so that I can hold on to my job um and that 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 may well be true for you and maybe holding on to your job for the sake of you know your dependence etc is the most important thing for you but being able to understand that that is the most important thing to you and therefore to change the energy which you bring to your upskilling process and to really be able to step into it with your whole being um is really important because we can be constantly on the back foot, upskilling ourselves because of fear and because of the needs of other people, Mm -hmm. or we can get out ahead of that game by doing a lot of self-reflection and understanding what is my inherent passion and what is it that I most want to add value with, and then seeking out those things which help us to add value in the way that we really want to, that we are well suited to, and that ignites our own inner flame and allows us to thrive. And that is a pretty fundamental differentiation about where we choose to focus our capacity for learning.
0: Hmm. Let's take a call from Lee in Alberton.
2: Hi, Lee. Oh, very good evening. And to your guest, how are you? Hey, how, very, very well. Doing- thanks, Lee. Go ahead, man. Good, man. Thank you so much. Um, Look, I'm so intrigued by this conversation. And I was just telling your producer as well, you know, um, you've got to learn something new every day as the saying goes. But with our hectic lifestyle, we may not have time to learn something new from a book and and, and that sort of thing. And I was just saying that, you know, sometimes it's good that we sit with an elderly person. Yeah. And you can learn so much from an elderly person. Oh, Yeah. Those little nuggets that they give you, you know, you can just go back and your guest just said, go and self reflect. Yeah. you know, and, and and I'm a big uh, supporter of the self reflection thing, and you you got to learn even if you learn something new every fortnight, at least you've learned mm-hmm. something new and you and you bettering yourself. Yeah. you know, yeah. as a as an adult, as a as an adolescent, as a as a young teenager, just man, you you work hard, you can play hard. And learning is mm. part of that. Lee, and, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of sitting with an elderly person, like when my grand was at home. I often sit with her and say, "Grand, tell me this and tell me that." And they are, they are so intelligent, and they've got so much of experience that you can learn from. Um, I just wanted to share those thoughts that Absolutely. Uh, on my mind. Lee, what a, what a
0: great call, man! Thank you so much, Lee, and <laughs> Alberton. Much, much appreciated. By the way, give us a call. When was the last time you did something for the first time? <laughs> <laughs> Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. My guest is Dr. Robin Whitaker, and she is a human development practitioner. We're talking about upskilling, yeah. And uh, Lee makes the point, Robin, that uh, uh, the learnings aren't always going to come in a formal way, or perhaps even in an academic way, or perhaps even in a way that comes from some sort of 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 literally literal piece of, of work. You know, I mean, I'm talking about uh, yeah. um, literature or, or books or, or that just sitting with somebody that has more experience than you can be a process by which you upskill yourself?
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more and I absolutely loved what you had to say, Lee. Um, you know, again, we need to be aware of being trapped by the, by the concept of learning as being intellectual learning only, as being um, the kind of activity that you undertake in order to receive a certificate. And we need to understand that learning is fundamentally a process of self-expansion, self-discovery and understanding of oneself and how one relates to the world around one. And so some of the most powerful learning is relational. Uh, There is tremendous value in embodied learning. So not learning only through the intellect and sometimes not even learning primarily through your intellect but learning through experience, learning within the context of a relationship that challenges your thinking. Some of the powerful learning that we've witnessed in the South African context is the learning that comes when we voluntarily step outside of our comfort zones and our foundational beliefs are challenged by encountering a world and a worldview and a reality that is profoundly different from our own. And so these kinds of learnings um, are as relevant. And, and in some cases, in fact, in many cases, I would say they may be more relevant than purely academic learning. Um, these are what we would, would talk about as life deep learning. So learning about self, learning about context, learning about culture, learning about attitude and mindset, and being brave enough to challenge oneself on these things, um, and then you know, at the beginning of the the the, the, the slot, I, I mentioned that the lifelong learning is something that we kind of have a grip on. We understand, but this concept of life wide learning, we learn for our whole lives, not only while we are in the basic education or tertiary education sector or doing a course. Every opportunity that we encounter is an opportunity. To learn. And um, whether we learn or not is dependent on our interior orientation to look for the learning and to expose our minds and open ourselves towards it. Um, and particularly in the case of, of um, really thinking about people who societally may have been disrespected in some way. And this is frequently the case with people who are older um, and who, who are seen in transection. If you take a moment to sit with somebody who you have only viewed superficially and to ask just a few pertinent questions, there is a longitudinal view of that person that will unfold before you, that will astound you. And lead you to really reevaluate all your perceptions, and and bring you to great learning.
0: You spoke earlier of the energy that you enter this consciousness with, right? Um, and one of the things that has happened to learning is that we've institutionalized it through school, through university, you know, the formal institutions of learning. And so sometimes people feel that unless I've gone to an institution of learning, I am not learning. <laughs> like if it's not on Twitter yeah. that it hasn't happened. Yeah. But <laughs> but but there is an unfortunate reality or perception out there that if I have not gone through an institutional, formal piece of learning then I haven't learned because I don't have a piece of paper to prove that I have learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you bring in a very interesting dimension into the conversation to say that the energy with which you bring yourself with into the understanding of the importance of upskilling, s- self-improvement, all of those kinds of ideas, has to be beyond the need to satisfy a particular standard that is of the system, as it were. I want you to talk a little bit more about that because one of of my observations is that the approach and the curiosity and the fervor with which we approach learning institutionally and formally is rather what's the right word? It's rather blunt. It's rather eh. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a lack of of enthusiasm. There's a lack of of urgency. There's a lack of passion in that kind of learning. That comes from I don't know a different motivation
1: point, Robin. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think there is where you have it. So thinking about motivation and, you know, there is the, so, so to think about lifelong life, right life, 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 deep learning, um, and to not acknowledge that accreditation and certification has a role and has a value because, you know, there are certain opportunities and certain um, externally facing uh, credentials that are extremely valuable and extremely useful to us when we want to access um, the space in which we want to bring our value. And, and, you know, when we engage in formal learning, we need to step into that formal learning with a very clear understanding of why am I doing this, for what purpose, and what am I going to do with the certificate or the credentialing or the micro-credentialing or whatever it may be that I um, receive at the end of it, um, stepping into learning in that way rather than, well, I have to do this process in order to get, you know, a a specific piece of paper that will allow me into a specific workplace, but I'm not particularly interested in the contents and I'm not inspired and um, motivated by what can I add? into that, into that workspace. And, and this doesn't need to also be at the level of, you can add value at whatever, whatever, um, level of contribution you are, you are in. Um, so I think, I think that, you know, I don't want to dismiss the role and the value of credentialing. They are very important. They have a very specific purpose. However, learning is not limited only to those and learning, which is undertaken with the wrong emphasis on those is you will get the learning you will get the certificate but you will not necessarily get the inspiration and the sense of joy and excitement and thriving that genuine learning will evoke for us as human beings um, and so you know we're we and this is this is a classic case an example so so thinking about young people who who wind up following a a pathway of study in order to satisfy somebody else's expectations and who may not have taken the time or been perhaps encouraged or given an opportunity to really think about what the value is that they want to add to society, to themselves, to their context. They will often wind up having a a sort of a half-hearted engagement, with what they are studying and this constant sense of drag and resentment that sits within them. Whereas if the time is taken to really, at least not to get the perfect answer, but to get, these are the kinds of things I I really care about. This is what I have passion for and therefore I'm going to start my studies with something that takes me in the direction of my passion. Those are the people who who wind up doing the most remarkable things. Um, even if they change careers a number of different times, they they are highly attuned to what the value is that they want to add. And any learning that they seek is in service of adding that value and um, carrying themselves towards a, a, a space and a place where they are able to add that value.
0: Give us a call on 11 883 Do you actively participate in self-improvement, self-development, lifelong learning pursuits? What are you currently involved in? Have you taken up perhaps playing an instrument? Have you started reading a particular book? Have you enrolled at a particular university or TVET college to learn a new, I don't know, skill? Have you started to play more Sudoku? <laughs> Whatever it is that you are doing in order to improve your current state of understanding the world and yourself, please give me a call. I'd love to hear from, your, from you as we have this conversation on 11 883 It appears, Robin, that it takes us back to that whole meditative self-reflection that introspection about who am I, where am I, where am I going, those big existential questions that connect us to perhaps what we should be learning in order for it to be uh, injected with that fizz, with that buzz, with that enthusiasm that goes beyond simply getting a particular credential as important as the credential may, may be.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think I think um, I, I think that that is something that we also need to be facilitating from a lot earlier in in our learning process. Um, so, so globally, there there really is, and there has been for. For many decades and, but it's, it seems to be accelerating at quite a rapid rate now. There really is tremendous interest in understanding what kinds of education and learning spaces can better support and activate this kind of quality for us. Um, you know, there, there is a, an enormous amount of interest in understanding what kinds of learning structures, spaces, constructs, content, content approaches, reactivate really human beings. Because clearly, while and, and activate a much higher percentage of human beings into this kind of thinking, then I believe is what we're currently seeing. Um, and, and so, you know, the, the concept of the science of learning, this, this thinking about how human beings learn, what ignites that passion for learning. That is something which in many systems, including our own South African system, there is a tremendous amount of experimentation and learning and, um, going on in order to see, could we create the kinds of environments that from a very young age, Not activate because that capacity is there already in every single, in every single human being. Um, you know, the capacity to learn, it's innate in us, but our current systems don't really activate and enhance it to the fullest potential that they could. And in some instances, in fact, if you, and I'm sure you have, um, you know, know Ken Robinson's work and many of the other great liberatory um, philosophers on on pedagogy and education, Mm. many of them will say that our current way of educating actively suppresses and reduces our capacity for creativity and the, the passion for lifelong learning. And that's very much because of you know, the, the approach that we take to learning, the outcomes based approach, the, the punitive approach often, or what is experienced as a punitive approach, um, the individualized approach. So, so, you know, I think that we have, we have huge scope and huge potential to improve and to start from a very early age and activating that love of learning so that it doesn't ever leave us.
0: Could it, I mean, I, and I, and I get those philosophical sort of comments around the system and the way that we learn and teach and how it can feel punitive. I have a seven year old boy, um, Robin, and I see how the idea of having to do homework <laughs> just tortures his little soul. Because he's a he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a vibrant, curious guy and the idea of, of, of class and then sitting in there and then, and then having to ask questions in a particular way and, and then coming back and regurgitating that stuff or learning another thing and doing, them, I, I watch him and I, I'm, 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 I don't know enough about the process of learning and teaching but I, I see how it is snatching his yeah. his creativity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder yeah. sometimes I wonder sometimes if maybe part of the issue here is 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 what we are learning. Yeah. What we are learning for what purpose. Um have we identified things that we ought to be learning? And that is from seven years old until 150 years old. Have we come perhaps to a place where we can start learning for things that are relevant to who we are? And again, I I know I keep going back to this whole question, this big existential questioning issue, this deep philosophical thing. But it appears that it all comes back to that. You know, I mean, you started off the slots. Uh, talking about, hey, I could speak about this. And I always find myself these days going into that. Every time I'm, I'm having a conversation, it's always about, hey, we need to, to discover who we are uh, mm-hmm. collectively and individually in order for us to be able to have the zest for life. The curiosity that is going to give us the creative solutions, the elegant solutions for the big, big problems we have now. And it just feels sometimes that what we are learning is not congruent with the reason why we need to learn. And at a deep intuitive level, even for a seven year old lie, yep. that I mean seven a seven year old guy, that that deep intuitive intuition in sense of truth lives and it is soul destroying.
1: Yep. You've said it. So, you know, we'll chat offline if you want about your <laughs> seven-year-old. <but> <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but I do. I, I absolutely do. Yeah. Can you imagine if your seven-year-old was coming home from school and his innate curiosity had been fired up and he was thrilled and excited about the content that he was learning and it was relevant to him and it 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 inspired him to go and do extra because now he was studying a topic that he could see the meaning and he could see the value. And this is, this is the challenge of really reconfiguring how education happens so that we tap into that piece. We tap into that piece of our children so that they love learning. They don't dread learning and they don't experience learning as this Puritan. constrictive yep. structure, which is squashing the life out of them. Now, you know we we I think what has happened and it's happened in many different circumstances, so you were talking about you know the role of business um in your in your prior slot yep. and the role of business as being to add value essentially but but the truth is the role of our lives is to add value, and so um you know wherever it might be. And so we look for the spaces that interest us and we look for the spaces to which we want to contribute something. And we look for the spaces where our intelligence can play because it's one of my favorite quotes that creativity is intelligence at play. And so really powerful learning activates our intelligence in that way and allows us to become creative and to generate value. And now that value can look completely different in different circumstances and for different people. But if we are not creating environments that do that, we are selling not only individual human beings short, we are actually selling our society and our planet and our world short. Humanity short yeah. Um, so, you know, there are, there are spaces and places and there are so many more than you would imagine that get that and that are willing to go there and to experiment and to try with different ways and different approaches to learning. So, um, you know, but even I, 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 imagine, I imagine
0: the cost is, is prohibitive for that kind of no, experimentation. No. Yeah.
1: No, 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 it's not. It's really? not prohibitive. What it is, is it's a fundamentally different philosophy of education and mindset that underpins why and how we teach and learn. And in fact, do we teach and learn, or do we co-facilitate learning between ourselves? Oh. Do we reinvent what it means to be, um, you know, in a learning environment where we are all learning constantly, all the time? And so, you know, the, the whole concept of—and you will have—you will have heard of many of these concepts. So, the concept of um, liberatory pedagogies essentially is that so ways of teaching and learning that liberate us that don't constrain us they are increasingly more common um in our own government sector schools there is a, a sort of element of well let's try and see if we can do that that's taking place with outstanding superb results and and around the world um you know so this is this is really the key focus of of the work that I'm passionate about is in understanding how we transition from rigid educational structured hierarchical systems I, into I, dynamic I, vibrant relational learning ecosystems yeah. within which everybody yeah. is in a constant process of learning yeah.
0: so so i've watched how i as a parent have become a co-conspirator in the breaking yeah. of my child's soul right my, my, my little yeah. girl, my little girl is a is a quiet, pensive, deeply uh, creative, very intuitive person. Who, because of the way and what we learn, uh, she's required to be something and somebody she isn't. And I watch her, how she watches me, and say, "Dude, you've sold out." because we started this journey together as being curious about about big things but you've become a parent now you <laughs> you you've become the guy that wants to know have you done your homework now I'm I'm a parent I'm I I'm I'm a big one for for the idea that you know we keep the the, the, the lines clear that I'm a parent I'm not your buddy I'm a, I'm your parent but there, there was a camaraderie in, in our relationship towards life, and say, and saying we, we're getting this thing. And now we've reduced ourselves to being the guy who asked, "Have you done your homework? Don't be, don't be lazy. Stop." And I sometimes feel like my children are, are watching me and thinking, "Yeah, you've sold out," no. <laughs> you know. But let me quickly take take this call. Uh, Michael in Gomslang. Hi, Michael. Hi, Hello, Michael. Are you there? Hi. Hello, Oh, okay. Let's see if we can't get Michael on a better line. Michael, you sound like you're not in Gomslang. You sound like you're in Mauritius, man. Uh, Mel is in Durban. Hi, Mel. Hi there. Good evening. Yeah, go ahead, Mel. Go ahead. What is on your mind? Firstly,
3: thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you. I thank th- you. I think it's really helping. Um, uh, but going back to where you began in um, upskilling oneself yeah, yeah. in in different ways, especially for the industry, particular industry you may be in, uh, in being one that is ahead. Uh, for me, I just uh, do things like, for example, I would go on YouTube. Uh, well, of course, I'm also in media, so I'll go on YouTube and watch. Uh, there's so much that we can learn uh with the content that is on youtube in mm-hmm. our days. i also go to the library where i just sit and read um mm-hmm. you know of course according to what i'm passionate about which is for me media <laughs> you yeah, know radio yeah, tv yeah. uh whatever yeah so um i believe that such um things still work such things as uh you know just mm-hmm. taking a walk to the library, uh just sitting down and uh, you know scrolling on youtube, um you know there's so much that we can learn from each other
0: yeah, yep, yep, absolutely, Mel, thanks very much for that call, much appreciated um yeah, I suppose there's a lot of truth in what Mel has to say, particularly if it has to do with a particular career choice that you are mm-hmm. trying to upskill yourself uh, um Robin.
1: Yep, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think this is the one, the one enormous, enormous benefit of the time that we live in is that if you want to learn something, you will find a way to learn it. There will be a way to learn it. If, look, that is, that is provided, you know, you have, you have access to the technological Mm. support Mm. that, that's needed, but the best way to learn is is to be challenged by the things that you're confronted by, so you know when you are in when you are in a space and you're in a space you're happy in and you're in a career that you're happy in and you you are wanting to move and grow and um you encounter something that you don't yet know. That's an amazing opportunity mm. for learning and for going out to discover from whatever means it is, whether it is a library book, an online course, an online article, a YouTube clip, somebody that's older than you in the business that's been there and done that and can be a mentor to you, somebody who, you know, is in your network and can advise you and help you think well, um, to, to, to chase down the learning that you need in order to grow in the way that you need to grow for your profession and your career, that is what differentiates um, and it it, it will differentiate you. You know, if if you are the kind of individual who never says, I can't do it, but rather says, I will learn how to do it, that will be what what takes you to great heights ultimately.
0: Are we being taught how to have that virtue? Do you think (laughs) that…
1: then we come back to the basic space yeah, and yeah. and that is something that that is something that needs to be actively supported um and not so you know i don't believe that it is the case that we have to be taught how to do that i believe that it is much more the case that we need to not have it inhibited in us uh, that quality yeah, you yeah. know it needs to be actively encouraged and supported and guided and given opportunities to try, it is very much, um, you know, iteration. So we, we can call it iteration. What iteration is allowing people to fail and to try again until they've learned. Mm. And, and that is something that, you know, the way we currently approach learning isn't really conducive Mm. to allowing you to fail and try again. Um, and and so, you know, intentionally creating those opportunities instead of giving people the answers, give people the challenge and then give them the wherewithal to discover yeah. and encourage them when it doesn't work brilliantly the first time. Just encourage them to try again, to maybe look in a different direction. That is how we encourage that capacity for children. And then that is what carries through into adulthood as the ability to to step into a lifelong learning, mm-hmm. not because we're afraid of failure, but because we are so excited by our potential and our capacity to learn.
0: Well, Nurika, it has been an absolute privilege to talk to you and uh, you will certainly be hearing from me offline to have this conversation, I suppose, in a deeper mm-hmm. way. But I wanna thank you so much for joining. How do people get in touch with you if they want to continue with this conversation? Uh,
1: so I have a very, very long email address. Um, but um, I, my my email is, address is robin at kaleidoscopelights.com. dot um, and otherwise I am available on LinkedIn. So if um, LinkedIn is probably the easiest way to get hold of me, um, just Robin Whitaker, um, Kaleidoscope Lights, and yeah. Um, otherwise, I'm really happy to to share my details, and uh, they can be posted if you like.
0: Robin Whitaker, it has been an absolute privilege to.